Welcome to Love, Sex, and Relationships with the Professor and Professor T. Love. And tonight we are going to address what is going on across the United States of America. The protests concerning the untimely death of George Floyd. Sorry. And how it is affecting people in the community, relationships, and, you know, comments from everywhere. So I wanted to start that this seems to be a very volatile situation. Um, George Floyd is really more than a catalyst of this because him being murdered, executed on videotape was the final straw for a lot of people um, because it just showed the brutality that the police officers have or and also the disdain for the people in the black community. He clearly said in the video he could not breathe. He um, kept telling them over and over and no one stopped the, the police officer that was had his knee on his neck for over uh, at least an over minimum over five minutes and yeah. then you know once they felt that he was no longer moving his lifeless body then they started to move it and you know there was another police officer watching there one of asian descent was watching there and did not do anything about it so this was the catalyst this was this was the final straw for many people because they are tired of seeing this because we can go on and on about many cases that we know of publicly because it has been filmed. You know, a lot of people are saying, oh, you know, we now we're seeing all this racism. No, racism, racism has always been there, but now it's being filmed. There's a difference. Now we have record and it's a never, it's a, it's a permanent record because it's being filmed on people's cameras, um, um, cell phones, and they're being posted. And now we're starting to see. And that is where the problem comes in for many because each person that looks at the video sees different things. And a lot of times they will find excuses on why this person got hurt or why they were killed. And it's always, oh, they, they were resisting. They were doing this. Even the young man who was murdered um, when he was jogging, okay. Let's let's be crystal clear that that case was already brought to the proper authorities, but they did nothing at it at the time because you know those white men came in there and they said, hey, he was robbing or he he fit a description. Now I don't know when they got deputized to handle what the police should have been handled, but no one prosecuted it was only until it went on the internet and became viral and that seems that is the trigger for a lot of people so now we're having major protests all over the united states of america and the president that is in office or the person that's sitting in the white house um is not responding or taking any responsibility you know when those white people came and stormed you know, a capital, or when they um, they do anything, he refers to them, or when white supremacists do anything, he refers them as good people. 
when there was a peaceful protest and they ran people over, he called them, oh, those were good people on those sides. They need to be talked to and find out what's going on with them. But when it's black people or Spanish people protesting, then they're thugs. There's a major difference. He's setting the tone for what this is. Just the mere fact that he made a tweet, well, if there's looting, they're shooting. There's a reason why um, these things are occurring. But another thing I want to say about these protests is we, as um, a majority of Black people who are doing these protests out there, we have to really take control of these protests because there are white supremacists who are coming to these protests and actually doing more harm to make it seem like we're making the situation volatile. You know, they had... um, they, they had, um, they, I just saw a video of uh, a dealership in Oakland, I believe it was Oakland, California, Mercedes, and a lot of people were going in there, they were trashing the cars, but someone set the cars on fire. Now, and you know, you saw another scene where there was these young boys, young white boys, kicking in this glass, it looks like some kind of glass wall or glass door, and they're throwing their skateboard. Now, they want to say this is all Black Lives That Matter. No, 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 no. A lot of these these white supremacists are now using their brain to come in and infiltrate. And we have to remember, they have a white people have a history of infiltrating anything that we try to formulate or put together and destroy it or kill the leaders of that organization or make those leaders go to jail and we won't have the leadership that we need, okay? Um, there was a young lady, uh, I, I didn't catch her name, but I know her first name was Tamika, and she gave a most powerful speaking concerning what was going on. And she was you know, talking about the looting and you know how everyone in the government is upset about the looting, but we have to remember America has a strong history, white America especially, has a strong history of looting across the world, okay? Every every area of the world that Caucasians have invaded, okay, they have never been able to get along with the, the people of the area they've invaded. With no matter what country, no matter what village, they can't get along because they come in, loot, take it over, and then make it their own, okay? Just like in Africa, they, they've stolen the art, but yet African major African art is in a museum in France. And the people of Africa can't even control their own art. Now they want it back. So there's a lot of things that they're not taking credit for. You know, they want to talk about looting and rioting. We learn from them because America or, or Caucasians have a strong history of violence. And now that we are waking up in a lot of cases and we're fighting back, then it's a problem. Okay, because we're tired of seeing our black men, our black women, our children being destroyed or murdered, you know, or hurt or treated so unfairly. You know, this is the problem. This, these are the issues that people are saying, you know, and for so many, for so many years when things occur, we take a back seat, you know, it dies down, but people are tired of it dying down because nothing gets done. 
And now it's time to exercise our political power, our economic power to show that we're not taking this anymore. We have to have a, we have to make sure we're crystal clear on our agenda when we're talking to these politicians. We have to let them know what we're looking for because so many times we don't come with a clear agenda. The Chinese come with an agenda. The Jewish people come with an agenda, okay? The Arabics come with an agenda. Everyone comes with an agenda except black people because we can't seem to come on one common thing. And that's because it is designed that way because we have so many issues to address. We don't know where to begin half the time. But now we have to understand that the first issue that we need to address is how we're treated by people who are, are hired to serve and protect. The sad part is for the, the brothers and sisters that are on the police force, that are black, that get the heat because they're on that police force because they have to choose a lot of times or put in a position where they have to choose between being black and being a police officer. Because if they defend their, their community and their people, when they're out there and they, they need their partner to back them up, if their partner is white and a white supremacist, they're not gonna back them up. They're gonna get shot, they're gonna get hurt. And we have to understand that too. So we have to support them so that they'll continue to support us. Even if it's not blatantly seen, there are many police officers that do their best to help their community without trying to jeopardize their life. Not just their livelihood, but their life. So there's a whole bunch of issues that are manifesting, that are growing, that are part of this. So let's not get this twisted where people go, oh, I don't understand, I don't understand why it's going. And remember, there's violence in the rioting, in the burning. Because as far as I'm, I know of throughout history, black people never set too much on fire, but it happens, okay? People can say about the Rodney King, it happened. But now you see a lot of this damaging of property, a lot of it, these videos are showing white kids doing it. They're coming in these areas. So when these white police officers come in there, you better start getting them because they're the ones that's doing it. They're not part of this protest. So in this case, you need to sit down on the sideline, okay? And the black protesters that are out there that are organizing need to make sure that they maintain some order and strengthen it because the chickens are coming home to roost. What do you think about it? What's your comment, Professor Love? Well, what's going on is that um, what we're seeing is a basic rollback of 100 years of since Reconstruction come back to life in 2020. And there have been many manifestations of violence against African-Americans, beginning with um, the lynching, mm -hmm. when slaves were freed and they had a little window of opportunity during the Reconstruction period here in America, mm -hmm. where blacks actually were members of the Senate and the Congress. And then when that happened, whites said no. And then we not we didn't go back to slavery, but then slavery became Jim Crow. And it is during Jim Crow, which was after Reconstruction, that you had people that were legislators who were also members of the KKK. So 
these manifestations of violence have been occurring since that time and they're coming back so now you're seeing lynchings and they don't look like the lynchings of the late 1800s and the 1900s early 1900s but nevertheless they're lynchings the same thing that Ida B. Wells spoke out vehemently against was the violence against African Americans when you saw in the 1910s and 20s they had the Tulsa riots which were caused by white provocateurs who destroyed a black town um, in 1921 okay and any place like um, in Florida Rosewood Florida where the story about Rosewood where whites came into Rosewood and destroyed an entire black town so coming forward then you saw many manifestations of riots throughout this country from the 20s the 30s the 40s the 50s the 60s let's go back we're dealing with the killing of african-american men and boys with emmett till and i'm sure there were others before emmett till that got killed but emmett till took precedence in the 50s because he was a city boy from chicago that went south and got killed okay so black people in every phase in this country have experienced harsh violence and even though we may have been somewhat integrated because of the civil rights legislation of 1964 and then blacks got the right to vote only about maybe 55 years ago okay throughout the nation including new york because new york was also abusing black people's rights to vote and they were included in the civil rights act of 1964 because of new york along with some other southern states were violating the rights of african americans to vote okay so what you're seeing that is manifesting is those 100 and something years of bullshit that has occurred and now you have different generations enduring the same pain this generation enduring the same pain their ancestors all of us are enduring the same pain that our ancestors endured and there has been no resolution now even though they gave us legislation that was supposed to protect our right to be not just the vote but just to be because even during um when lincoln was president he had put in place that we were protected by the 14th amendment but apparently white people had a problem with that and when blacks did start moving in the upper echelons of government and showing that they can take care of themselves even though this was post-slavery white people had a problem with that and then we had jim crow so jim crow even though it's been outlawed by legislation is still in effect and white people are using the excuse to try to bring it back and through donald trump which doesn't help but i'm gonna be real with you it didn't start with donald trump when obama became the first black president ever in this country because this country is only 200 and i think 265 years old 
maybe less than that, 225 years old, 230. He was the first black president ever in this country. And when he became president, that's when the racism started rearing its head again, meaning that it never left. Well, so I wanna, now the reward- I wanna piggyback on that. Right, but let me finish. The reward was, the reward to white people was the Donald Trump. And even those Democrats, those white ones that are on teeter-tottering on progressive and conservative, they themselves were upset too, I feel, that Obama became president, okay? But the reward for white people was Donald Trump and they ran with it. And even the ones that claimed, the women that claimed they were voting for Hillary Clinton, bullshit, they voted for Donald Trump. So. You have a culmination of things that have taken place during Donald Trump's presidency and before that. But I still said at this time, mm -hmm. black people have said enough. You kill, you kill up. Mm -hmm. And listen, we can go further back than Trayvon Martin. We could talk about Eleanor Bumpers. We could talk about Sean Bell. We could talk about the brother in Staten Island. There have been many atrocities that had occurred here in New York that you and I know of. Ab Abner Louima. Abner Louima. Uh, and, and even further than that, when I had that first encounter where someone was shot to death was Amadou Diallo. That stuck out for me really hard because that was a brother who was an African immigrant going home and four cops shot him to death because they thought he was a perpetrator. So this, 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 this anger is not just only about Ahmaud Arbery and Mr. Floyd, which I am, I am, I am sad even that they had to lose their life. But this is something we have been witnessing for a long time, and it has to do with the militarization of the police department, the militarization of city governments and state governments, and how they're using the system to basically keep their foot on your neck. And black kids are saying, enough, get off my neck, because you're on it. And anytime that you got a brother who is bird watching, and this white lady had a problem with him telling her, put your dog on a leash because the, the dog will scare away what I'm doing. That's telling you that that's pervasive racism. That's bullshit that is etched subconsciously. And even the ones that say they're not racist, they lying because that racism is so deep rooted that it's in your subconscious. You go ahead. Mm -hmm. Well, I wanted to add... Um that Jim Crow, the, the, the philosophy or, you know, um, you're saying that the law was outlawed. It, it's not just the law, it's a mentality. Right. Okay. That, that is part of the issue with a lot of white America. Because when Obama came in office, D.L. Hughley said it best. Obama and his family represented what America should be, but Donald represents what America is. So let's be crystal clear on a lot of things. White 
people, okay, Caucasian have worked for years, centuries, to destroy the idea of black people being superior. And what troubles them is they have convinced everyone that we are inferior. So when they see a black person that does better than them, okay, maybe has a house, good school, a good wife, good family, good, good, whatever the image is, okay, that is what troubles them and gets them very upset, okay? We can see that in throughout history where you had Rosewood, you had Black Wall Street, Black people were self-sufficient. They had everything they needed. They had banks, they had real estate, they had property. They were totally self-sufficient. So integration hasn't done anything for us, okay? And it's really them integrating into us, not we integrating into them because their integration in, into us is almost like the blob. You, you remember the old movie, The Blob? And how the blob just took over and right. destroyed whatever it was. And that's what they constantly do. They just take over everything that is a representation of us and makes it their own and becomes successful over it. Okay? Everything from how our look, how we carry our hair, even philosophies and thoughts, it is not, it is not um, by accident that all the black thing, all, all the black inventors, um, doctors, lawyers, those that have contributed significantly to this um, highly industrial country that we live in called America is not put in history books. Okay, because see, black history would be more than 28 days. Okay, if you knew, if we knew what everything that we invented, we removed everything we invented, America would not be where it is. America would not have what it is, but we don't get any credit for that. What they do have a tendency to do is they will show the negativity that is associated with them. You know, it's very clear. They're always, <clears throat> they're always saying that, <coughs> excuse me, black people need to pull, pull themselves up by the bootstraps. They need to do this. They need to do that. But let's think about it. We can't pull ourselves up by the bootstraps if we don't have on any boots. Okay? So they take everything away from us. They work very hard. When we were self-sufficient and we were doing fine, Rosewood, Black, Black Wall Street, and many others, right? When we were doing fine, those things were destroyed. We weren't bothering them. We were not bothering them. We were not doing anything to them, but it bothered them that we were more successful. It bothered them that they did not, they did not have access to the money so that they become wealthy. See, because that's that's how you keep them going. Even during this corona coronavirus or COVID-19, yeah, they want to open up America back again because who are the main consumers? Who are constantly consuming things, buying things? We are. Okay, no matter what our price range is, we keep a lot of designers going. We keep a lot of major companies moving, okay? We take our little money so we can have what we need. I we can have to... what we need. Yeah. And yeah. even the things that we desire and yeah. that we want. And these, this is what is what they're, they're upset about. So they've been raping and looting 
the children of Africa as well as Africa for centuries. And we in and, and this is where a lot of the problems is because it's a mentality. You could be a black woman or you could be someone at work and I've experienced it myself. I don't I don't even say anything to some white women. Okay? But yet there's daggers or hindrances and there's certain behaviors and then I'm labeled as a bad person. I'm labeled as, oh, you're picking on her. I didn't say anything to her. I wasn't even talking to her. But yet we're labeled that way and they're put on our prop. So th this is what the problem is. Part of the problem is white people are having issues being told no. So yeah. even we can see that in this, you know, yeah. during COVID-19, they're having more of an issue being told when to get in the house, what to wear, go home, you can't go to work. You have to you have to only go to the store at this time. They're having issues with that. Remember, we didn't have issues with that because we had to do that for safety to keep our families safe, our children safe. So when when we sit up the Jim Crow is a mentality. Okay? And their issue is they are realizing they are not the superior race. Okay, this is why so many of them, I mean, if they were the superior, uh, superior race, then why, whenever they need an organ, they, they, are, they are very happy to get a black one because of the melanin that is in our skin. Okay, that is a light right there. They don't want to tell you that. They don't want to talk about that. There's so many things that point out to their inferiority. It irritates them. It yep. frustrates them. I mean, just like the woman with the dog in Central Park. You know, she came out and said the reason why she did what she did is because she dated an African-American man and he did these horrible things to her. So that's why she called the cops and told the cops that. This is true? Yes. She said that? Yes. Yes. She was devastated by what he did to her. And this so is that what means I'm saying, you call the cops and say that work. the man violently attacked you? And that's what mm -hmm. it, what? Okay. How many times have white women cried wolf? Okay, not too, just recently I saw a case where a woman pushes her autistic son in, in the, what, in the lake, in the river? And he yeah. drowns and dies? And she blames, and she it? blames it on black people? Yeah. Okay. Even, even, even in the Jewish community over here in Grand Heights, when a little boy got, he was missing. All the Jews go in every other neighborhood because they assume that black people and Spanish people are coming after their kids. Those kids don't come near us. They run away from us and we run away from them. But then when they, if it came to, to find out it was one of their own who was in their community that kidnapped and murdered that child, there was no apology. There was no, oh, you know what? We made a mistake. Because you didn't want to, you wanted to assume that we always want you. In their mind, we want them, okay? But it is they who want us. And you can see it in everyday life. You can see it in standard things. White women, some white women go out their way to have body parts of black women. Big behinds, small waist, big boobs, thick thighs, everything. The color of our skin, the full lips, the very things that they humiliated us about when we came over to this country made us cover up, 
okay? The Kardashians is an example of a group of white women that got black body parts that are totally successful for looking like black women, okay? Kim Kardashian herself makes sure her makeup artist makes sure she looks ethnic. Why do you need to look ethnic? Why you can't be looking like who you are? Yeah, Why? but All the fact, you know, I think... Um... That's interesting because people want to look like us, but they don't want to be us. They right. don't want our They want issues. our rhythm, but they don't want our blues. Right. They don't want the blues. And what I'm finding that's happening, even for African-Americans, this post-traumatic slave syndrome is real. The sister it, it, Joy, Joy DeGreer, who um, she has a book that talks about the post-traumatic slave syndrome and how black people can help themselves mentally to evolve out of that and she said that you know our our whole fabric of this country mm-hmm. is entrenched in racism and mm-hmm. because of that the racism is like is a disease. It really is a disease, because it has you know anything with an ism. I feel is a disease. Okay, <laughs> it's a malady. Okay, like they say, and racism is giving us the blues to the point that it's driving us insane. In some aspects, we're getting killed by it. In some aspects, we're 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 committing suicide by it. You know, or we're inflicting harm on our own community. But I think what's going on here is that black people is fed up. They're tired of being attacked. I think some are tired of attacking each other. And they realize between those two, there's no place to go. So either you're going to deal with it or it's gonna manifest until it kills you like cancer. Just like this COVID is killing us, racism is not only killing black people, it's killing the white ones too. And it's killing all the other people that are also swept up in this. And I really do believe this disease is in our government. The disease is in our legislature. This disease is in our cities. The disease is in this entire country. And Donald Trump is that manifestation of that disease. And he himself is a disease to the country. Because anytime you get on social media and you you said, if there's looting, there's shooting. And I have an issue with some Mm -hmm. of the social media platforms especially Twitter, and you and I spoke about this before, that if I said that, you pull my account. But if the president says it, you don't pull his account? And you pointed out to me, it has to do with classism and economics. Because he's the high man on the totem pole, and he has money backing him up, and probably corporations, because we know what that's about, they're not gonna pull his account. But yet still, you let him get on Twitter every day. And then the, the another thing he did before he said the looting and shooting, he was accusing one of the hosts on MSNBC, uh, Morning Joe, 
um, Scarborough that he killed his assistant. And what happened, his assistant had died from a heart attack, and I think she hit her head or something like that. So Trump got on Twitter and said, yeah, you killed that assistant, your, your assistant, when you were running, when you were a congressman. And do you know the husband of the lady that died? He said, he told Twitter, stop. Stop allowing this man because you're bringing up, you're making me hurt because you're bringing up bad memories about my wife and her death. And I think that's wrong. So to me, when is enough is enough. And then you have Zuckerberg, who I feel he's he's walking that, that fence there. And I'm not feeling it because he's another one. When they had this Russian, when they felt that the Russians were infiltrating our, our government, he basically, his people, you know, they, they're advertisers. They get their money off of advertising. So they didn't really care who they were selling their ads to because these people were using Facebook to, to basically corrupt our government. You understand what I'm saying? So to me, I, I put Donald Trump to the side because he has to be dealt with. But when you have these two social media mediums that are not taking, I feel, decisive action to knock him off his pedestal, then I think at some point we may have to rethink being on Twitter and rethink being on Facebook. What you think? Because they're perpetuating well, the bullshit. They're, per they're perpetuating the racism. Well, well absolutely. I, I agree that, but they, you know, they're perpetuating, but they're also editing it. You know, Zuckerberg has to do what he has to do because remember the government gra dragged him into court. So just just like they dragged him in the court and we saw part of it on television or we saw part of it in the media of what happened to him, we don't know what happened behind closed doors because this government and a lot of big businesses and a lot of the elite make a lot of deals behind the, the back door. So they're going to allow him to say that. Just like Zuckerberg is sitting up there, you know, he's, he's allowing, you know, Trump to say something, but he's also editing a lot of information about the vaccine. Okay, there's a lot of information about the vaccines that's not coming out. And why is that? Because Zuckerberg put all this money into to Bill Gates' program for the vaccine. So he has to play ball. And we have to remember that. Okay? He's still a businessman and they're going to hang him by his bootstraps. Okay? Because remember, Zuckerberg is a Jew. He's still Jewish, okay? And they, and you know, some of those elite, some of those white Anglo-Saxon males are not feeling that. And they're gonna stop and control it because he has a powerful medium that they never expected, okay? Right. It's not TV anymore, it's social media, okay? So he's taking over that and Instagram, so he edits a lot of things of what's going on. And he wanna control the narrative, okay? If he's going to tell all information, if it's supposed to be freedom of speech, it is freedom of speech. But in America, it's not total freedom of speech. It's freedom of speech for those that will benefit from that right. freedom of speech. Let's be clear on that. They don't want every everything got out. Then there would be this, un, this civil unrest would have started a long time ago. Okay. They don't let everything out. Just like a lot of these people, a lot of these black people get hurt and killed. 
all that information doesn't come out. There's probably a lot of things that we don't know that was not posted, that was not, that has hashtags that were not, no, don't receive the notoriety that they should. True. Because we don't know who, what he's editing. He has to edit some of that. Because just like you, you named quite a few cases of people getting killed, I'm sure it's double that amount, maybe triple that amount that we don't know about. Okay, how many times black, white police officers jump on our children? Okay, because there have been studies done where when a white person looks, okay, when a white person looks at a black child, that black child, let's say the black child is eight years old, okay? They don't see an eight-year-old child. They see a 16-year-old child. Some cases as much as eight years different. And they treat them accordingly, okay? Notice lately, we've been seeing a lot of police officers putting handcuffs on black and brown children, okay? They're putting handcuffs on them. So you mean to tell me there's a lot of white kids that don't deserve handcuffs too? But you can, you can, you can scar this child psychologically for years to come, okay? Because that's, start, that's starting them down a path of destruction. But no one wants to talk about that. We, you know, black people, Spanish people, the indigenous people, Indians, okay, of this country have suffered a lot of scarring, okay, from what has been done to them. And this translates into our relationship with our mates, with our children, and our communities. And this is these, these are the things no one wants to talk about. But Zuckerberg, he's not gonna put all that information. You'll see more ratchetness on there. You'll see, you'll see the, you know, the loud ghetto-ness and everything, because that's what they want us to see. So it will perpetuate the stereotypes that are associated with black people. Okay. They may throw a few crimes in there about some what, you know, some poor white trash that did something that's on meth or something that they did. Okay, because they're gonna show a standard crime. Like, oh, we're we're fair to everybody. But they're really not. Because they're gonna put out what they need to put out to keep certain things in people's mind. Because you have to also remember there are some people, okay, that follow the current president that guess what? They don't read. They, they, they get all the information from Facebook. So yes, Zuckerberg is very powerful. Very, very powerful. Okay? And what in his, his platform is extremely powerful. That's why you have, you have a lot of people who are supporters of Trump. They will quote things from Facebook. They'll quote it. You know, now because because um, Trump is, you know, to, you know, when Trump talked about Obamagate, that almost, you know, took some momentum there. He brings out, he brings out Trump so much, you know, it, it carries momentum. Yeah. And his supporters are asking, where was Obama during these times? And that doesn't make any sense. Like, how long have you been in office and you still talking about Obama? Well, that shows you. That shows you how much he hates him, because he keeps bringing him up. You understand? That shows you how much. Well, he hates of course, him. because that's. Well, that's because 
Obama is the epitome of everything he's not. He's a highly educated man. He has one wife that he's still married to, and he has his two kids with that wife. Whereas Obama is the very thing that they always talk about minorities about, saying that, hey, you know, y'all got baby daddies, baby mamas, and look who got more baby mamas. And he's a, he is sitting in the position of the president of the United States of America. He's had more sex scandals and all kinds of things going on on his platform. And it's amazing, but yet he still he still gets certain respect. You're right. You, you had a bunch of white women where he voted for him after he was talking about grabbing by the pussy. Like, and that was acceptable. Maybe that was but a turn then these are the for them. It was a turn. Yeah, but it was a whole bunch of old white women too. Doesn't okay. For them, they okay. thought that was macho. Well, yeah, they thought it was macho, but then these are the same people that are going to complain about certain things. These are the same people that have so much to say. These are the same people who want to talk about how, you know, how sexually aggressive black people are, black men are. But this man can say that and you accept that. You know, this man, he puts down any woman that's over a certain age. So, but you voted for him. And let's not forget, there were some Spanish people that voted for him. There were some black people that voted for him. Okay, now why they voted, I have no clue, but they did. Okay, you have your reasons. I have to respect your reason. But now that you voted for him and all of his shenanigans are backfiring on you, because that's what they are, because he, he it, it really seems like he's just a puppeteer. He, whatever tells somebody tells him is good, he's going to go with you know, because no other president or no one, no other person sitting in that seat has been able to do what he does. His children having access to classified information, his children looking at documents and going to, to meetings that heads of state were supposed to go to, namely his daughter. Okay. If anybody else did that, they wouldn't be in office. He was still allowed to have his businesses. Yeah. I remember yeah. when Jimmy Carter got like he had to give up his little peanut farm. Yes, he did. He had to give it up. He had to give it up, right? But this man has—he—he's still making money. He's opened up um, resorts and everything. And let's remember the, the 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 countries where the terrorists were coming from. They didn't get a ban on them because he was putting up resorts in those countries. Well, yeah, Saudi Arabia. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but that, but he, remember, he banned everybody else because of terrorists. <laughs> so tell me. So, uh-huh, go ahead. No, go ahead. What were you going to say? No, so what I'm saying, as a result of all this stuff that's going on, how is it affecting our relationships? It's, it's affecting our relationships because of the tension. You know, here it is. You can have, you, you know, you can have a couple one could be a work you you know one is working the other one is not and if it, if you're dealing if you're talking mainly between black men and black women it's going to be some tension because it's already hard for a black man to get a job in some cases not because he doesn't have the skill not because he doesn't have the will but because he could have got some erroneous charge brought against him and it makes it difficult for him to get a job job just like um you know like the lady in central park now with the dog and everything 
when she made that call. Now, had that not been recorded, do you know what would have happened to that person, that the black person that was rec recording that, who was recording that? If it wasn't recorded, the police would have came there when it went a different way and the police would have arrested him based on what she said only. Right, and that would have impacted okay. his life. Of course, because he would have, you know, and even a, def a, a defender for the city of New York said that. She said, this is not uncommon on how many black men winds up getting arrested over something like that. They didn't do anything. They wind up going to Rikers and they stayed here for days, weeks, months, even sometimes years. And to get out, they agree to something that they did not do. And now their life is jeopardized. Okay. So these things that are hanging over our head is part of the issues because in, in the case, if the man is not being able to work, he may not, he may not, he will feel defeated. We can see a man feeling defeated in how they see us, in the movie, how they see us. Where there was black, a black father there, but he couldn't take. Now, it doesn't justify or take away the pain of the son who the father left. But as a man, he was devastated and destroyed because he could not protect his family. You know, and that is a devastating thing. Yeah. No white man has to deal with that. He never has to worry about not protecting his family or being put in a compromising position or being um, labeled or receiving a charge that would hinder his ability to provide for his family mentally, emotionally, financially. He's never put in that position, but black men are put in that position quite a bit. And it makes it extremely difficult because we as black women have our own issues that we are addressing and that we are fighting against on a regular basis. And you have two people who are being torn down that are fighting just to survive. Yeah. And then, then, then yeah. the breakdown of the communication between the two of us doesn't help. Because here it is, she may be working, he may not be, or maybe he is working, but he's not making as much. So the pressure is on. Okay, the pressure is on. And if they don't sit down and have, or if they don't find a way to communicate and understand that a lot of this is not you. Okay, and some of those are generational things. You know, a lot of, a lot of people have continual generations of going to jail, having charges, just because they were in the wrong place at the wrong time. Doesn't mean they did anything wrong. You know, you know there, was a, mm -hmm. there was a case um, of a transgender man who was killed in Tallahassee, Florida by the police. Mm -hmm. And again, this was another case of police brutality. And, and this time against a transgender man because they kept calling her she. And she doesn't identify, she she identifies as he, you know, out of respect, you know what I'm saying? And whatever happened, he ended up dead. And what's happening is black people, regardless of gender, sexuality, if you just happen to be black and you, we're affected, all of us. And that's why there shouldn't be any division when it comes to this, because we're all being impacted.
whether we're gay or straight. And again, the torment, how it affects families, the relationships in the families, that we're going through this period, a continuous period of despair and heartache. And, and it's bad enough that you're not accepted by mainstream, but then you face the brokenness and the heartache and the fact that these people are no longer with their families because they have been killed. So the relationship in the family breaks, the relationship to the community breaks, and definitely the relationship that the police is supposed to have with the community is broken. You know? Yes, that's that's very true. So, but the hardest part is being able to express those feelings and to understand that. Because no one knows how to express them. You know, you, you can try to talk to someone and it's difficult. Because for some people, not everybody is woke enough to see what the issues are and how this affects each individual, the man or the woman, and even how it affects the child. Because a lot of times children are affected by these same racist mentality, this Jim Crow mentality, even in school. Yes. In school. And it's still pervasive. It's still pervasive in our public school system. It's pervasive Mm -hmm. in the private institutions. It's just pervasive everywhere. And like I said, you know, I I work for New York City Department of Education. And, you know, Chancellor Carranza, one thing I will say, he has been instituting diversity education and also dealing with bias and how to identify bias, how to identify racism. And he, they have workshops. And there have been articles written in the newspaper because the Post, the Post doesn't like Carranza. They don't like him. But they basically, you know, the Post has this thing where they've been going at Carranza because Carranza really doesn't apologize for wanting to help black and brown children. He doesn't apologize for that. Mm-hmm. Well, well, why should he? Why because remember we, what I said. Why we look? We, he shouldn't have to apologize. No, he shouldn't have to. But remember what I said. That there's this thing when you have people that are representatives of, like he's Mexican, okay, and you have a public school system that's predominantly Hispanic and black, okay. One thing that I understand, a lot of times in government, and it's like what Claude Anderson says, they, there are some that are afraid to want to help black and brown children because of the consequence, because mm-hmm. they can't really openly say we're, help, we're helping black and brown children. Right. I and, agree with that. But one thing about him that I must say because he's inclusive of all children, but he knows the ones that are disproportionately um, disadvantaged happen to be black and brown children. So he makes no mistake. Okay. He ma- he he makes no apologies for wanting to make sure that they all get right. equal footing with the rest of the children. Yeah, but already I agree. Privilege already have that footing. 
Okay, but I, I I understand that, but I'm saying that he shouldn't have to. And I think sometimes we have, you know, the problem is where we are today, where you're right, if you if you stand up and you say certain things, you know, it's gonna be a political death warrant for yourself if you do that. But the problem is that wasn't, that's not working for us either. So now we need to stop being apologetic no, for I anything and we have what, to what stand up. That, that's right. I agree. Because that's, like I said, that's mm-hmm. what exactly what Claude Anderson said. He said that right. we shouldn't have to apologize that we want to make sure that if there is a particular part of the popula- population that's not making it, what what's mm-hmm. wrong in saying that we're going to make sure we're going to focus we're going to have people that will focus their energy on 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 the black community to help them get mm-hmm. to the resources that normally white people normally have access to. You understand what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And that's exactly what he's doing. And no, every I'm, time, I'm agreeing. No, 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 I'm not saying I'm you're disagreeing. I'm just saying that he gets a lot of heat for that. And you have like the New York Post for some reason. They're always attacking him, whether it's his staff and and where they come from and what they did and that they got side jobs. But I know why they're attacking him, because he doesn't apologize for what he's doing to make sure that those children, which happen to be black and brown, which are the majority of the children in the public education system, making sure they get access, whether it's to the specialized high schools, which which right to me is dismal. The, the amount of, of kids that get access or are able to take the test to go to Bronx Science and Brooklyn Tech and all these schools is dismal. And, and as soon as he said he wanted to eat, make it so that, that black kids and brown kids would be on par, that's when he got all that heat. You understand what I'm saying? Well, I, I mean, no, I do understand. But what I'm I, I'm saying is we have to start accepting that we're going to get that heat until eventually they'll understand to back the fuck up off you. Right. Because we're, the problem right. is we're not standing up and we, we're worried about the heat too much. Right. And you know what? When you're cooking, right, when you're making a dinner, guess what? There's a time in the kitchen. It's hot. Okay, <laughs> until you open the window and let the steam out. That's right. So that's my point. Like I'm not disagreeing. I'm saying that look, we have to stop being afraid of taking the heat. Okay, because and, and white stop people being afraid. Jewish people aren't right, and stop being afraid and stop apologizing. I guess my point is. Well, that's what I'm saying. Apologize. Let's don't be. Uh, yeah, that's what I'm saying. I'm agreeing with you. I, we need to stop doing that. I'm not going to keep apologizing because you have a fragile ego because that's what we're dealing with. And that's what all this comes down to. And that's what the main point of this issue is. This is the, 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 the fragileness. Okay. Of a whole entire race. As I pointed out, they cannot handle being told what to do. They cannot handle being told no. They cannot handle being told you got to go home at a certain time. They cannot be, they cannot handle saying that they cannot go out and party and drink because we have this virus going on. But they still go out and party and drink. Yeah, that's true. They're like bad little kids. They're spoiled kids. And you don't have to look all over the country to see that. You can look right here in New York City. People have been taking pictures and people are hanging out like there has been no COVID. 
they've been focusing only on black neighborhoods and Hispanic neighborhoods. But when you go into Chelsea and all these other places that people normally frequent around this time of the year, they're acting like there ain't no COVID going on. It's not that they're not acting like there's no COVID going on. They're not. They're going to fix it. They're what they're saying to the government is, "You gonna fix this, and I'm gonna live my life the way I want to live it." Right. That's what they're saying. They're not. They're not right. saying it doesn't exist. It's just that, like I said, no, they're saying, not used to being told what to do. Right. And I'm saying is, they acting this is like women. This there is, is no COVID. Of, That's what I'm saying. No, but give me a minute. This is their form. Yeah, but I'm saying that this is their form of oppression, and that's why they have an issue. They, this is they, they're being oppressed and they're having a, a problem with it. They can't they can't get mad. So now they're they're making their um, passive aggressive stance with the government. You're gonna fix this, and I'm gonna do this. And the police are taking it out on the on the black and brown brown community by forcing people to put on a mask. And they don't. And that's not what the, their job was supposed to do. They were supposed to give people a mask because it's just like. You know, if the person actually forgot the mask, which happens like just like you forget your keys, you forget your cell phone, you get you forget your wallet. Nobody, nobody, you know, knocks you to the ground in the restaurant if you forgot your keys or your cell phone. So why should somebody do that? Because you you're not used to the concept of a mask. They're supposed to have a box of masks. Here, here you go. There's plenty of people in my area, Crown Heights which is a, a very gentrified area. A lot of white people. You know how many white people I see running around with no mask on? Quite a few. They're exercising and everything. And I, I pass police officers myself. They don't even have the damn mask on. But nobody says anything to them. And I see I see white people, Jewish people, some of them don't have masks on. Some people go upset, but I see all the minorities. They got you know, they got face shields on, mask on, gloves on, everything. I'm I'm surprised they're not gonna die of heat exhaustion like from today. Okay. It was hot but today. <laughs> I don't see anyone pushing them down. Yeah. Just like you know, I pointed out to you in these in this same area, there's not that many Chinese. I saw one Chinese restaurant open. And this was the first time I saw Chinese restaurant. But I go in the hood, all the Chinese restaurants are open. True. So you know, like I said, this is their form of being oppressed. They cannot handle being oppressed and they're having issue with it. But the police are not helping. Because like I said, they were supposed to give out those masks to those kids because what if they can't afford it? You know, you got to buy an extra, you got to spend an extra $5. Maybe that's the last $5 you have, especially during this time because you're working or you're not working. Okay, and you're waiting for your refund as well as your stimulus money, which is now a new, you know, governmental institutionalized form of welfare. So they better never talk about people on welfare because they got the whole United States on welfare because there's so many people on unemployment. So I don't want to hear nothing about welfare anymore. Okay. Because of your screw up. Okay. You know, so th- there's a lot of things that's unfair and, and not right about it. Okay, all these businesses that are suffering, people that just started a business or whatever, and they're trying to get their feet wet, and now they have to retreat, and they lost a lot of money. But you know, I can see why the young lady said "fuck, fuck Target" because you know it didn't make sense to me if you are closing down stores, then Target should be closed down too. That's right. Okay, if the little businesses should, if the little businesses have to close, which they shouldn't have had to close. Because a lot of them may not get that much service anyway, but they could have stayed open. 
you got Target. What what are y'all gonna lessen the amount of people are going to Target? You know how many people going to Target? So that's that's where it is. Walmart the same thing. Walgreens too. Those big businesses. Those are tied to big companies. Big big old money organizations and families. Right. That's why they want everybody to go back to work. We're rushing to go back to work. Okay. You you know you open the beaches of Florida, okay? We talked we talked about Georgia. Look at Georgia. You know the governor's like, oh, I'm opening in Georgia and everything, right? You rushing to open in Georgia, but the mayor's like, no, let's not rush that. Well, Georgia's okay? open right but now. Look, like it's said, a riot. <laughs> like they said, there's a riot it's going a riot. on. It's a riot. It's a riot. But like I said, you may have a black mayor, but she she keeps a certain level under control. But the ultimate control is that government, governor. That's so right. even if she suggests something, he ain't he's gonna do what he wants to do. And that's exactly he may what consult he did. her. He may talk to her. Right. Exactly. That's it. But if he decides so those people who say if he decides to send the National Guard, she ain't got no say. She don't have a say in a lot of different things. Let's not get that twisted. So those that say that Atlanta is for us, I don't know what you're smoking because no part of America is for us. Because it ain't even for the Indians. And that's, that's right. even those on the reservation. Okay? Because remember, on those reservations, if a white man comes in there and batters uh, in, uh indigenous woman or Indian woman, or he assaults an Indian man, guess what? He doesn't get arrested. The charges are brought against that white man, even though he assaulted the Indian on the reservation. Those Indians that patrol it or the police that are Indian police, they can't touch a white person on an Indian reservation. So don't think and don't delude yourself to think Atlanta is for black people just because we move there and continue to move there thinking that's a mecca for black people. It may be a mecca for the wealthy black people or the middle class black people or the nice houses you can get there, okay? But it is not ours. Do not delude yourself in thinking that. That's right. the original people that were here, which was American Indians, they don't have nothing that belongs to them. White people can still go on that, that reservation and do whatever the fuck they want to to them. So right. understand that. And even if you got a black mayor, she can they can give he can give her the little they can give y'all the illusion that she's doing stuff okay and i'm sure she's doing something because y'all love her so but just understand that when when she get too cocky big white daddy gonna put her put the smack down on pimp down yeah, on and her he and decides, let her know who's still in charge right and if he decides to send the national guard into the city of atlanta he will do that because that's exactly what the governor exactly. of Minnesota did. He sent the he sent the National Guard into Minneapolis. And then mm-hmm. Giuliani chimed in talking about that the that the Minneapolis mayor needs to resign because they're progressive Democrats and progressive Democrats are not law and order type people. And he should know because we know like about he was? Giuliani being the mayor here in New York City. And how he's he was busting up black people's heads, and Amadou Diallo happened under his watch, and Malcolm Ferguson, which he doesn't he he doesn't want to take credit for, and Anthony Baez, 
all happened under Giuliani. When he they put that chokehold, when Francis Lavodi put the chokehold on Anthony Baez and killed him on the street, when they those four cops shot Amadou Diallo, and down the street from Amadou Diallo, the cops killed Malcolm Ferguson, right on the same on on um, I think it was Colgate Avenue, which is near my neighborhood. Amadou Diallo got killed. I think it was Elder Avenue. He got killed right on Elder Avenue, which was across the street from where I used to live, over on near Story Avenue in the Bronx. Okay? So you got all these people who are anti-black, very oppressive with the police force. Under Giuliani, he had, um, what was the police commissioner? It was um, after Bratton. After Bratton left. That same police commissioner had came into my mother's pre, um, and when my mother was running the clinic, and this is when he was um, not a detective, but he was like I think a sergeant or something at the police department in the Bronx. Um, I forgot his name, and he tried to talk to my mother some kind of way. You, oh, we're gonna use your clinic with child health clinics so we can watch. So my mother said no. You're not gonna use nothing. This is the child health clinic, and we have people that we need to take care of. Because he tried to throw his little white power on her, and she was she pushed right back. You understand? Because, again, there's no regard for the black man, and there's definitely no regard for the black woman. So. Well, we're going to wrap this up. Yep. And we can probably go on for another four or five hours about this conversation, yeah, but unfortunately, we cannot do that. This is, this is what it is. This is serious mm-hmm. business going on here. And this is not a one-day thing. This mm-hmm. thing is going to continue up until the end of the election and up until the end of the year. So we never knew that 2020 was going to be the new 1968. Because <laughs> that's what it's becoming. Well, it's it had to come eventually. Yeah, it's the new 1968. You know, in the 21st century. Yep. So, Professor, tell people well, where they can reach you. Well, you can go to my product, um, go to my website for um, products for personal pleasure between you and your partner or you by yourself, which is www.pearlsofblack.com. You can reach me and contact me at talktotheprofessor at gmail.com or pearlsofblack at gmail.com. You can also catch me on Instagram, which is um, POBprofessor on Instagram. I'm also on Twitter, it's Pearls of Black, and also The Professor. I'm also on Tumblr, with Pearls of Black blog, as well as Facebook, even though, I, you know, we have our comments about Facebook today, <laughs> but Facebook, you can catch pearlsofblack.com. So those are places you can reach me. And also love, sex, and relationships. Okay, and what um, times? Tell the people the times that the show is on, and where it's and where the show is played. Okay, now I didn't write that down, but here we go. The time is we're gonna have I have to change the time. Sorry. Well, I don't have the times on me. Okay. I don't have that. Love, sex, radio. and relationships can be heard on the Ebola Soul, a mixed stew of soul music radio network. You can catch Love, Sex, and Relationships with the Professor and Professor T. Love at 12 p.m., 5 p.m., and 10 p.m. every day for a week. 
and you can hear the podcast as well. We try to do a new show every Friday or Saturday, so you'll be able to catch this show um, on Sunday at 12 noon, 5 p.m. and 10 p.m. as well, and let me go back, 7 a.m., 12 noon, 5 p.m. and 10 p.m. up until this coming week of Friday. So make sure you tune in right here on the Ebola Soul, mixed stew of soul music radio network. And you can also catch me, Professor T. Love, right here, right here at Love, Sex, and Relationships. But you also can catch me on EbolaOfSoul.com, which is my podcast website where you can download classic soul and R&B, which I talk about the history of R&B music from 1949 to the present. You can also hear nonstop soul music, new and classic, jazz, blues, funk, you name it. You can catch it right here on Live 365. Just look for A Bowl of Soul, a mixed stew of soul music. You can also hear A Bowl of Soul on iHeartRadio.com. And I want to give a shout-out to iHeartRadio for carrying A Bowl of Soul. I am also on the Progressive Radio Network, www.prn.fm, at 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 3 p.m. Pacific, where you can hear me do classic soul and new R&B. Follow me on Facebook. Just look for A Bowl of Soul, a mixed stew of soul music. And also, you can hit me up at Gmail at a bowl of soul at gmail.com. And definitely just always keep up to date where you can listen and check out for any postings related to a bowl of soul when you go to the Facebook site. And I'm also on Instagram. Just follow P-R-O-F T Love, Professor T Love on Instagram. So I hope that you enjoyed this segment of love, sex, and relationships. And as we're dealing with this new present situation where we have COVID, and then on top of that, we have rioting throughout 30 cities in America. And we're praying for the families of those that have lost their loved ones due to police brutality. We're also hoping that as we see these things develop, that the protests will continue to grow, but peacefully, and also that it will spring forth a new agenda going forward because this is a presidential election year. How about you, Professor? Well, I agree with that 100%. It's very important that we exercise our right to vote and we choose the best candidate. Um, And we come together so that we can make sure that we remove who is presently in office and work on getting everyone on the same page and that the disparities and the inequality that seems to be running rapidly because we need to get someone in the office that will make sure that those that have been designed and these to serve and protect do just that, serve and protect everyone equally and not serve and protect just who they feel they should. And those that are uh, have a double agenda, meaning that they work for white supremacists, are exposed because they need to be exposed because they're a major problem. That's right. They're a major problem in our criminal justice system because it is not just us, okay? Because they're taking that as just us. And they're protecting just us, them. And we're the ones that are suffering from that. And that is what is going on. And we have to understand that and we have to see that. 
because there are a lot of lawyers, doctors, even with COVID, there is racism that is rearing its ugly head. They may not speak about it, but it is there because white supremacy is all over. They could be your doctors, your lawyers, your judges, your, your ticket agents, and your police force. Because if it wasn't, we would not be where we are now. And people would not be at their final straw and tired of the abuse because that's what this is abuse. It's abuse. Simple, plain and simple. Okay, so on that note, we are gonna bid you a good night. Please be safe. Make sure you practice social distancing. Please wear your mask and make sure that you take care, take good care of yourself. I want you to have a great night, have a great weekend, and this is Love, Sex, and Relationships with the Professor and Professor T. Love, and we bid you good night. Good night.